Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with episode 166 of the Tutor Podcast, the weekly show for anyone in the business of helping people. As always, I'm trying to talk on common sense about how to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching or coaching business. No buzzwords, no BS, just simple stuff that works to keep you happy, motivated and make you more money whilst making a difference in other people's lives. So in today's episode, I want to be talking about starting your own tutoring business. Now, if you're already in the business of tutoring, stay with me, because a lot of what we'll be covering will be useful to you too. This is prompted by a friend of mine who's desperate to start her own business, not in the tutoring field, but a different field altogether. However, the rules don't really change. So this seems like an opportune moment to revisit the subject of starting off in business and uh, look at the basics again. So let's crack on. Now, I believe that right now is the best time to start your tutoring business. Whenever time right now is, it's the right time to get busy. As I've said many times before on this podcast, Today is a time of great opportunity, perhaps more so than ever for us in the tutoring business. With broken schools, lots of home workers and people who are homeschooling their children. And with lockdown easing at least, or should I say at last, at least a little bit, then we can be a little bit more flexible in our approach. So I think this is a great moment to retake control of your own life and your own destiny, to reclaim your freedom and to build a more secure future for yourself and your family, if you have a family. It might be challenging. It might be difficult. It might be scary. But I promise you one thing, guys. It will be the adventure of a lifetime. It will grow you. It'll make more out of you than the money alone. So let's take a quick look at the an overview of the startup process. The, the first thing I think that we should always have in mind is where we want to finish up. Decide on what you want. And you can break this down to several layers. The first thing I always want to consider is how much I want to earn. And it's up to me to decide that figure what anyone else is charging for what they do and well it's not important because they're not me so write down how much you want to earn if it's a thousand pound a week it's a thousand pound a week get on with it if it's two grand a week get on with it if it's less great if it's more all power to you but it gives you something to aim for then decide where you will work. Do you want to work at home? Do you want to be mobile? Do you want to 
start up a, a tuition center? Do you want to work in someone else's location? I don't know. That's going to be variable depending on your personal situation, the facilities around you, and the opportunities around you. Then figure out when you'll work. Now, there's a curious thought that I have as a guitar teacher who teaches an awful lot of grown-ups. Well, grown-up, but not mature, if you know what I mean. A lot of them have demanding careers. They've, they've, they've done the job, they've done the career, they've built the business, and now they're asking, whatever happened to my guitar-playing dream? So I have to fit around them. I spend a lot of my teaching time working when most people would expect to be playing. That means for me that, that gigging and playing out has had to take a back seat to teaching because the teaching is a lot more fun for me. Some people will be happy with that, some people won't. If you can do it in daytime to work around school, if you have children, great. If you need to work around a partner, social commitments, anything else, figure out when you're going to be working. Because it's up to you when you do the job of work within your own business. Everything is your choice. So once you've laid out these basic parameters, like what you want to earn, where you'll work, how you structure your life, the working hours, figure out next how you want to do your tutoring. Do you want to do it online? in person it's all up to you and having written all this stuff down in however jumbled and rough and order that may be ask yourself what did i do to get to that point so work backwards from the end point which is something we did in a previous episode keep asking yourself what did i do before that until you get back to today where you have something you can actually take action on right now Now, if you're not already in business or you're not comfortable with the idea of starting out in business, let's have a look at the options available to us. There are three kinds of business entities, if you like, that we can consider. The first and simplest is called a sole trader. Now, if you're operating as a sole trader, as a tutor, or just about anything else, the tax system doesn't make any difference between your business and yourself. You're treated essentially as one entity. So if you have a day job and you're building a teaching business around that, everything goes in the same bucket. Now, this is how I started. Uh, initially, my teaching business was designed to give me opportunities rather than to make lots of money for me. Yeah, because I was spending very heavily on training and investing in myself and raising my skills. Uh, that allowed me to finance a degree, so by the time I'd taken all the costs and fees out of that, the, the teaching business effectively lost money. 
all that meant was I was able to offset those losses against my earnings from my day job in finance and pay less tax. So sole trader, very, very simple. You'll need to register with HMRC on their website as a sole trader. Just let them know you're in business. It's foolish, guys, to try and evade the tax man or treat him because he's armed to the teeth, has infinite resources, and it'll always get you in the end. So you might as well just figure out how to pay as little tax as possible while still staying legal uh, and keep them in the loop. The tax website, by the way, has lots and lots of useful resources for anyone in business. So sole trader, nice and simple, pretty much instant start. You don't need to tell anybody, but I do recommend that as you start, you do re register it for tax. It's a line item on your self-assessment form. So if you're not on, already on self-assessment, register for self-assessment and let them know what you're doing. Then the next business structure that's worth a look at is a partnership. Now, in a partnership, it's kind of like an expanded sole trader idea where the partnership and your own personal monies are effectively in the same bucket. Your partner can be another human being or more than one other human being. It could even be a limited company which you own. I'll be taking a quick look at limited companies in a moment. Depending on where you, you are in the world, and in your journey, a sole trader or partnership could be an ideal vehicle for you. So it's, it's pretty much like a sole trader style of trading, but with an expansion. Now, the third way you can do business in the UK is as a limited company. And I've got a couple of these. Limited companies are separate legal entities. So my limited company, Neil Camado Limited, which runs my tuition business, is kept separate from my own personal money. It gives me a degree of separation, a reduction of liability, things go horribly wrong. And it gives me the opportunity to work within the tax system and operate the business in a nice tax efficient manner. That takes a little bit more of the management and legal compliance. But if you're using an accountant, that's a deductible cost anyway. In fact, accountants are a deductible cost of all of these business styles. So they're the three ways you can get into it. The fastest, easiest, cheapest is a sole trader. It's kind of like just declare yourself now in business as a tutor and you're good to go but right from day one i suggest you think about getting yourself organized and when you finish thinking about it do it think like a pro act like a pro organize your workspace get your office and your teaching room in order make sure it's safe clean comfortable and well lit if you're using any electronic devices get them pat tested make sure you've got yourself 
a decent system in place as soon as possible. Because when things start getting busy, you've got to install the system while still handling lots of administration. If you get them in place first, when you get your first client, your first customer, if you like, then all you're doing is scaling them up rather than having to install them at scale. It's much easier. Paper systems, nice and simple to start with. Move on to computerized accounting. If you want to, I use a, an online bookkeeping system, an accounting system called QuickFile, which is free if you're doing a low volume of transactions and very cheap if you're using a considerably higher number of transactions. Other systems are available like QuickBooks and Sage. And many, many accountants are happy to use the system that you've selected. I think it's vitally important right from the get go that we open a separate bank account for any business monies we handle. If you're a sole trader, you can use a second personal account and that'll be fine. You can also do that for partnerships. And trust me, guys, it's so much easier to have separate bank accounts than it is to try and split your business and personal monies out at a later date. When I worked in accounting, we'd see this all the time. It was a mess when people didn't keep the money separate. Next thing I recommend is write everything down. I'm a pen and paper man most of the time. Might be old school, but I go everywhere with my file of facts. It never leaves my side. So I'm always writing things down. I keep written records of my mileages because I use my own car for business and claim back relief against profits on that. It's, it's quick, it's efficient, it's nice. And as you write things down, you can look back at your records, at your notes, and learn from yourself along the journey. You'll need to keep records of sales, as a simple day sheet or a diary recording what you've been doing and how much you've earned. Keep records for your purchases. A simple tip that I learned years ago was just to get a, either a, a big diary or a notebook or even you know, a lever arch folder full of A4 paper. I numbered the pages as I used them and would simply use a, a glue stick to stick each receipt into the pages of that folder. Now the page number became a reference number. So I could very quickly find transactions and receipts and it meant that I wasn't rummaging around in a carrier bag full of till receipts to try and find out how much I spent on stationery. Made life a lot easier. Now your business manager, I just say, keep a diary in the car or a, a record sheet in the office. Keep it up to date. It's a royal pain in the backside to look back over a couple of week period if you've missed it and try to remember where you've been and how many miles you drove. So be professional. Think like a pro. Act like a pro. Let people know what you're doing. 
This is the next stage. When you've decided that now is the time to take action, get visible. Let everybody know what you're doing. You can put signs out, use flyers, logoed work, clothing, business cards, cards advertising what you do in the local corner shop window. And of course, in this day and age, where does everybody find everything? Online. So get yourself a website. It's not that expensive. I've used a company called Weebly. They've been very good. It's weebly.com. I found them to be pretty easy to use. You'll need to find yourself a domain name. And the easiest way to do that is through godaddy.com. And all these are links that I have no affiliation with, by the way. They're just good resources for you based on my own experience. Get yourself a website, get your, plug it onto the domain name, and you're good to go. You'll be findable by Google, the almighty Google. Next on the list, register your business with Google Business. But um, then it starts to show up on Google Maps when people are searching for guitar teachers near me or something similar. You'll start to be flagged up because you're on a Google uh, service. The next thing you should have a look at are directory sites like Bark.com, who recruit, advertise heavily and recruit leads from people seeking services like tutors. On an average day, Bark send me leads of potential students, I would say between 50 to 90 a day. Most of them I don't want, but it's nice to know that there are a decent volume of leads out there. If you're listed on their website, they're doing the marketing for you to a point. As I said before, let people know what you do. Write yourself a little script telling anyone who will listen what you do do it in 20 seconds or so it's called an elevator pitch if you want to go and look that up for me my pitch is when someone asks me the old question well what do you do i say i change people's lives by realigning their view of themselves and unlocking the secrets of music and the guitar Now, doesn't that sound better than just saying I'm a guitar teacher? Write your own, make it interesting. Make them want to lean in and go, do tell me more, how do you do that? Okay, once you've done all those things, you're pretty much good to go. Ready to take your first inquiry call. There are a couple of previous episodes of the Tudor podcast dedicated to call taking and being effective in that. So, the old question, the, the oldest, scariest question of all, is how much do you charge? Now, the usual way that people arrive at their rate that they are prepared to work for is they'll look around and see what other people are charging. I think this is a massive mistake. 
because what you'll end up at is price competition usually to be the cheapest so you've engaged in a race to the bottom don't ever compete on price ask for and get what you're worth if you're good ask for a lot if you think you're not so good ask for a lot anyway it's easier to set your rate high and forget about it for a while than it is to repeatedly ratchet up or hike your prices up. I'd also recommend you don't discount for block bookings because as you do that, you're lowering your effective rates, you're eroding your perceived value. As a premium provider guitar teacher, I never negotiate on price. I have a flat rate regardless of how much or how little of me you want. I don't do block booking discounts. I get paid what I think I'm worth. Curiously, I found it easier to make the sale as I've raised my prices. Because if I'm worth three times more than the young lad at the other end of town if I'm asking three times more for my services than the young guy at the other end of the road then the potential customer will join the dots and evaluate me as being three times better remember if your price is very low the assumption will be in your potential customer's mind that you're cheap because you're not very good. Having a decent or high uh, charging rate gives you higher perceived value in the mind of your customers. So, figure out next who your perfect customers are going to be, your perfect clients, your perfect students. Create what we call an, an avatar of your ideal student. Now, for me, it's a, I would say, successful, affluent person, usually male, over the age of 40, who harbors a lifelong desire to play the guitar. They've got lots of resources. Not very much time. They usually drive German cars, curiously enough. And they want to revisit their youth, pick up the guitar and recapture that youthful dream. You might want to think about where your ideal customers are. In a real world location or on any particular online platform. In both scenarios, Figure out a plan to capture their attention. And ask yourself, if they were looking for you, if they were looking for the right tutor for them, where would they be looking? Google, obviously. That's why I said previously you must have a website and keep on updating it. This is not really negotiable. Ask yourself, really, when you last used or even saw a yellow pages book google is the world's directory so you'd better be on there word of mouth 
You've heard the expression word of mouth. Word of mouth marketing is the very best marketing you can get. So it's where you have people talking to their friends and their contacts about you in a positive way, recommending you. Always ask your students, who can I help that you know? Is there anyone amongst your circle of friends or family, business associates, who would love to learn what you're learning? Let them do the work for you. It's the easiest way to pick up business that I know. When I get a phone call, it's usually because someone has been raving about how good I am. So I don't do any paid advertising at all. Because people are beating a path to me, which is beautiful. If you're good and you'll ask people to tell their friends about you, then you'll always have plenty of students, plenty of customers. Which allows you to follow my golden rule number two, which is DDWT. Anybody familiar with the Tudor podcast will already be aware that DDWT stands for don't deal with tossers. Fire the people that you don't want to work with. As a business owner, you have a right to deal with the people you want to work with because it's your business. You're not obligated to put up with people who make you miserable, who make the teaching experience unpleasant for you. Get rid of them. If you identify them, get rid of them. Refer them to someone else who might be a better fit. Pass the problem on to someone else because it makes space for somebody who you'd enjoy teaching and spending time with. So that's kind of it. And as you're sitting there trying to digest that, what I want you to think about and take action on is just get started. Above all else, begin. You can think and think and think and think. But if it's all happening inside of your head, it isn't manifesting itself in the real world. There is an old line from the philosopher, writer Goethe, it goes, whatever you think you can do or believe you can do, begin it. Action has magic, grace and power in it. And I believe that to be totally true. Look at it this way. A year from now, you could be in two different places. You could be exactly where you are right now having done nothing and wishing you'd been brave. Or it could be a year into your teaching adventure. Perhaps you're still a little bit fearful, but you're in motion and you're enjoying yourself. You're making a difference in people's lives and you're making money. If you're waiting for someone else to give you permission, you have it. I give you permission now to go follow your dream. If you're waiting to be perfect, I want you to get real because you're never going to be perfect. There's always something more to learn. There's always something you can do a little bit better. I'd remind you of the words of Mark Twain, which was, well begun is half done. Get started. Even beginning poorly is better than a total failure to launch. 
because when you begin poorly, you'll start to get feedback on what isn't working and what is working. You can make changes, do more of what works, less of what doesn't, and accelerate your progress. So what are you waiting for? When I get scared of doing things, when I'm outside of my comfort zone, which is actually where I want to be most of the time because that's where the growth is, I tell myself, tremble, old carcass, but move. And I make myself do it. However uncomfortable and scary it is, I'll get started. Because the future depends on an awful lot of things. But most of all, it depends on us. Your future depends on you. Situation around you, the circumstances are outside of your control mostly. What you do with those situations and circumstances is entirely up to you. So you get to choose how it all goes down. Are you itching to get started yet? Have I convinced you? Now, some of this stuff isn't exactly how I did it back in the day because I started 22 years ago and a lot has changed. But what definitely is, is how to do it now. And it's how I would talk to anyone considering a business startup, including my friend or any new venture. Get started. Believe in yourself. You can do it. You'll make mistakes. You'll learn. You'll get better. You'll become more awesome. And as you do that, you'll be able to infect everyone around you with enthusiasm and energy and a sense of purpose and power. Get yourself into action. And to my friend who's hovering, teetering on the brink of starting her little business, very first business at age 48, move it. Get going. You know who you are. Get off your ass and take action today and as for everyone else if you're still listening here you know what you want to have happen so begin remember i'm here to help so let me know how you get on tell me about your triumphs your tribulations your problems and your revelations i'd love to hear from you it's info at neilcamado.com and of course, find me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. Join me next time. It's Neil Cameron, the bloke with a funny name, in the next episode of the Tutor Podcast, where we'll be talking tutoring, business, success, happiness, and sanity, and how you can start, grow, and love your tutoring business. See you next time. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate, and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow, and love their tutoring businesses.